Lake Forest Podcast is supported by viewers, listeners, and businesses just like you. Looking for the best pool supplies? Look no further than Doheny's Pool Supplies. With a history dating back to 1967, this family-owned business offers everything families need to keep their pools clean and sparkling from chemicals to equipment. Plus, customers enjoy free shipping on all orders. Visit Doheny's Pool Supplies today at doheny.com, D-O-H-E-N-Y.com to learn more. Broker Michelle Pardo has lived and worked in Lake Forest for over two decades. Michelle's lending experience, when combined with her real estate expertise, makes her an invaluable asset to her clients as they navigate their home buying or selling process. Call Michelle now at 847-528-8721, 847-528-8721. For the best cannabis in the world, look no further than Iliad Epic Grow. Owned by Lake Bluff's own Rich Ruzich, they are a cannabis cultivation center focused Focusing on hard-to-find small-batch products that will delight both the occasional user and ganjier. When visiting Michigan, ask for it by name, Epic Products, Exceptional Process. For more information, email info at iliadgrow.com. Laracy and Company CPAs, founded in 2010 by Lake Forest's own Brian Laracy, specializes in tax preparation and bookkeeping services. Earning the People Love Us on Yelp Award, their process is straightforward. Just upload, review, and file. For a free quote, visit LaracyCPA.com now. That's L-A-R-I-S-E-Y-C-P-A.com. I'm excited to share with you something special from our Lake Forest community, the Aesthetic Lounge Med Spa, located at 775 North Bank Lane in Lake Forest near Wisconsin Avenue. This just isn't any spa. They offer an amazing blend of traditional spa services, plus the added benefit of medical procedures and treatments. In a relaxing and luxurious spa environment, you can enjoy a range of cosmetic and aesthetic treatments. These are all performed under the supervision of top medical professionals. The Aesthetic Lounge Med Spa provides skin care, facial rejuvenation, body contouring, laser hair removal, Botox, dermal fillers, chemical peers, and much more. What's great is that each treatment is tailored not just to enhance your appearance, but also to address specific skin concerns and to promote overall well-being. So if you're looking to pamper yourself and take your beauty routine to the next level, give the Aesthetic Lounge Med Spa a call at 224-768-8028 or visit them at their location on North Bank Lane. It's an experience your skin will thank you for. We'd also like to say we're thankful for our Patreon supporters, Otto, John C., Helen, Eric, and J.M. Otto Clark, voice of the Nebraska Cornhuskers. How's it going, Pete? Oh, real good, Connor. Look at you, man. When was the last time you won? Three years ago? Four years ago? You are a junior or oh, I'm a senior right now, so... Oh, my God. Yeah. Couple of years ago, at least. You're old, man. <laughs> I'm getting there. <laughs> We've evolved the podcast. We'll have Joe Weiss, our uh, co-host, uh, popping in. We're going to have somebody from the Ravinia Brewing Company popping in, and uh, we're going to give an update on you because uh, you're. Are you going to be in Northwestern today? Did I see? Yes. Okay. Uh, tonight. All right. Tonight. And are you uh, in Nebraska now or are you in Illinois now? Uh, I'm in Illinois right now. So uh, I was in Champaign over the weekend because we played Illinois. So I went yeah. down there. And then uh, on Monday, I drove back up to uh, 
the Lake Bluff. So been here for the past couple of days and okay. uh, heading back to Lincoln tomorrow. So. so you get to sleep in your own bed. I do. It's very nice. <laughs> so uh, were you always in Lake Bluff? I mean, I, I was at school for the last two or so weeks between winter break and now. So, um, yeah, I just came back and, okay, uh, right. you know, saw that we had consecutive road games in Illinois. I was like, hey, might as well make this a thing. So so the last time you're on, this is like our pre-show. So we're just, you know, kind of jabbering, catching people up and let people pop in. Were you a freshman at Nebraska or were you a senior going to Nebraska the last time you were on? I think I was in between my freshman and sophomore year at Nebraska. Okay. okay. Yeah. And yeah, you were do you were working with Steve Douglas at the high school uh on the sidelines. Is that what I remember, Connor? Clue clue everybody in before everybody gets here. Yeah, like I was essentially the, the guy who did all the games in, in high school. So I did football, basketball for, for boys and girls for three and a half or so years. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I worked with, with Douglas and throughout new media and which was great. And uh, just being able to do what really felt like a countless amount of games uh, that, that really, you know, helped me kind of get to where I am now and where I want to, where I want to go. So it, it gave me a pretty, a pretty good foundation. Yeah. Yeah. We got people popping in the bar here. They're, they're connected. They're getting a bar stool, Connor. So they're going to come in and we might have to repeat a couple things, but uh, again, this, the premise of the show is we're sitting at the bar, having a couple beverages. You 21 yet, uh, Connor? I'll be 22 in less than a month. Oh, okay. So you can have adult beverages uh, uh, with yes. us. We're going to give a little update. We got uh, Jeff Hubler, the owner of Ravinia Brewing, popping in. We're sitting at your bar, you know, while it's still around to those big meetings. <laughs> with messing, messing with you. Con Connor doesn't know the story. Connor, uh, Jeff owns a bar in, in the city, uh, Logan Square, right, Jeff? Yeah. Our yeah. our city facilities in Logan Square, just off the Kennedy on Diversity Avenue. Okay, Logan Square, a neighborhood I swore growing up I'd never go back to, and he here I am coming back. Joe Weiss is popping in. Joe Weiss with the Lake hey there. Forest. I got the. I wanted Connor to feel uh, at home with the Lake Forest uh, shirt. <laughs> so. So, so just like we're sitting at the bar, Connor got in early. We're going to give everybody an update because Connor's an old school Lake Forest guy. We chatted with him. He was the vo uh, voice of the scouts uh, working. What what was that uh, video program? I think that's how I remember seeing you working the sidelines. And I would watch you at home. And uh, uh, what's that subscription service that videos the uh, high school games? Whatever it was. I remember you. Did you do that, Connor? Yeah, it was the uh, the NFHS network. Okay. That's That's probably what you're thinking of. Yeah. And I'm like, why can't I hear anything? What's going on? And then, then when you were, because sometimes you do the games, and sometimes you, uh, you wouldn't, or be there, there, there'd be another crew probably after you graduated because they weren't as professional as as you, gentlemen. This is the voice of Nebraska basketball, football, baseball. To cl clue everybody in at the bar. Yeah. So basically, what I do is, um, I obviously I'm a senior at Nebraska right now. Um, 
So I, I do football games. I do basketball games, uh, baseball and softball in the spring, whether that's on, on TV or radio, uh, which is really fun right now. We're obviously in the midst of the basketball season. It's uh, a pretty busy time of year. There oh, you go. Look, I love that. Look what Hoobler's got. Um, yeah. Let's see. We're everywhere. But <laughs> GBR. Um, GBR. Uh, but right now we're, we're in the middle of a, a pretty important basketball season, I would say. Uh, certainly – the best team that we've had since I've been there, certainly the best team of the Fred Hoiberg era, who's in his fifth season as head coach. So well, he does better there than he did at the Bulls, but that's uh, I, yeah. that. <laughs> I mean, certainly he's he's on the right trajectory right now. So uh, they're they're sixteen and seven right now. They are in the field of sixty eight right now as as we speak um, in a big game against Northwestern tonight, which I'll be at, uh, which uh, has. A lot of ramifications with it because uh, Nebraska trails Northwestern by a half game for fourth place in the standings, and they already beat Northwestern once. So Northwestern obviously wants to get their, you know, get back, if you will, um, at home. So I was just going to say they gave the Illini a run for their money the other night. Uh, took them into overtime, right? Yeah, I was at that game as well, and uh, yeah, that was it, it. Was a game where Nebraska really had to you know, fight like hell to get back into it. And they did. And that's something that they struggled with a lot this year. So it, yeah, that was really encouraging to see despite them losing. Um, but yeah, like it, it, in the, in the spring, I'll do baseball and softball wherever I'm needed. Um, I'm not the only person doing it. I mean, I'm in a pool of students, but um, yeah. we, we get radio opportunities. We get um, opportunities with a subscription service called big 10 plus. So it's essentially, you know, big 10 network, but you have to subscribe to it. Um, so that's really cool. Um, obviously great experience and, uh, I just have gotten a lot to do ever since going to Lincoln. So it's been pretty great. Jeff, did you go to Lincoln? Yes, I did. I got my bachelor's in mechanical engineering from the university of Nebraska. And I actually grew up in Norfolk, Nebraska, and I still have season tickets to the football team. There we go. (laughs) This is the, uh, this is the first here. This is, I believe, the first assembly of multiple Nebraska graduates I've ever been a part of. So, hey, congratulations, guys. We're far and few in the in the North Shore, I feel like. But when we find each other, it's always fun. Do you think yep. that joining the Big Ten uh, brings more people from the area to uh, to Nebraska that, you know, when I was growing up, in the, um, you know, it was the Tom Osborne era and all that and um you know and then uh, i don't know how many years it's been since they joined the big 10 now but um it seems like you know we see nebraska a lot more on local sports here now because they're playing illinois they're playing northwestern yeah i think it has a a part of it i mean the connection between chicago and nebraska i think is definitely you know getting stronger as the years go by i've met a ton of people from illinois out there um whether that's student-wise or professionally. Um, it just kind of seems like there's a little bit of a pipeline, too, because obviously Chicago is kind of the heart of Big Ten country. So, I mean, there's a lot of traveling back and forth. Obviously, we play Illinois, we play Northwestern, even, you know, other teams that are closer, like Purdue or Wisconsin. Obviously, a lot of their alumni live in Chicago as well. And that's where a lot of Nebraska alumni tend to go into the city for work as well so it's kind of like a melting pot of of big 10 alumni and now nebraska's kind of in that circle not that they weren't before but obviously i can't really talk about 
what it was like in the Big 12 days or the Big 8 even. But uh, it, it definitely has strengthened, I think, that kind of connection. Um, again, you meet a lot of, you know, whether it's alum or just people like grandparents who grew up in Nebraska or went to Nebraska or stuff like that. Um, you you definitely see a lot of fans. I'm actually curious to see what the turnout's going to be tonight um, at Northwestern. I know Northwestern's having a good season too, so their fans will show up. But it is cool. Like every now and then I'll be in the city and I'll wear something Nebraska-related on purpose <laughs> just to see how many people approach me about it. And uh, every single time I, I get a handful, so it, it's always pretty fun. Is there a Nebraska bar in Chicago? I know there's all of these different – like it seems like every major college there's a bar in Chicago uh, for well, I think we got one at the bottom <laughs> corner of the screen here. Yeah, maybe Ravinia Brewing. Yeah, company. so the Chicago <laughs> the Chicago Alumni Association has what they call uh, watch sites. So basically, the the bars, and there's one in Barrington, and I'm blanking on the name. It's an Irish pub. There's and there's one in Lincoln Park that starts with the Kirkwoods, Kirk, and then Kirkwood, there's the yeah. two Ravinia Ravinia Brewing locations. Oh, nice. What what a nice tie-in here. Jeff, what made you go to Nebraska? I grew up in Nebraska, so it was it was kind of top top notch. And it was like, you know, the 90s. So it was a good time to go to the university if you were a football fan. Um, yeah, so it I had I had some options, but I decided to stay uh close to home. Then Connor, what made you go out there from uh Lake Bluff? See, Joe, he's 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 talking from his his uh dad's future rec room. <laughs> well i i went out there because of the j school um i mean i i thought the opportunities were good it's not huge the journalism school in specific is not huge which i thought was an advantage for a freshman coming in because that means that i could probably do more with less people there um and i think so far that's been the case throughout my three and a half or so years there so that was big um i liked going back to our previous discussion I like that it was in the Big Ten growing up around here. Very familiar with it because I don't, again, really remember Nebraska in the Big 12 type days. I, I've really only known them in the Big Ten. So that was a draw. And the first visit that I ever took there was with my dad. And it was spring break of my sophomore year in high school. So we went pretty early. And we got out there and we were really surprised about you know what we saw. And... I, again, you've probably heard this a million times, especially if you're from Nebraska, that you think Lincoln is just a couple of buildings and then cornfields everywhere, right? But Lincoln is actually like a pretty decently sized city. There's tons of stuff to do. Obviously, in the fall, it's great because every Saturday is like a, a city-wide block party for a football game. The environment is great. The people there are super nice, um, a really welcoming atmosphere. Um, obviously, they all rally around Nebraska athletics. It's it's a very prideful thing out there, which is a good thing, too. Um, and it's just very Midwestern, but a, a very cool, you know, I'm not going to say it's a big city by any means, but it's a very cool little city. It's about 300 or so thousand people. Um, it's about 45 minutes west of Omaha. So if you want to go there for a little bit bigger of a feel, it's right there, too. I've done that multiple times. College World Series is there every summer which is a ton of fun. Um, so I, I think that was also a big reason. I was, I was very surprised about what we were able to see. And again, because I was like, my dad was like, we're going to visit Nebraska. 
Kansas and Kansas State because we could just hit all three of them in a pretty decent radius in one trip. And me being a 15-year-old sophomore in high school, I'm like, okay, whatever. Let's let's go to Nebraska, right? Um, and then we got there, and I was like, wow, this is actually really great. And the first school I, I visited on my whole college tour of tours is the school I actually eventually ended up at, which is pretty crazy. So what's next for you, Connor? Where are we going to see you? You're a senior. I'm sure the operas are rolling in now. I don't think you aspire to be a podcast host like us. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the pipes. He's got great pipes, right? Golden voice, man. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> I mean, I I don't know what is next yet specifically. I'm looking for any and every opportunity. Uh, a lot of baseball. Um, I've spent la- the last two years um, with our minor league team in Lincoln um, as the assistant broadcaster and uh, media relations director. So I've been technically in professional baseball for the last two summers, which has been awesome. Um, gotten to work with some really great people. Uh, the atmosphere in a baseball office is probably a lot different than, you know, your nine to five corporate office because you're just together so much out of the summer. I mean, I'm there at 12 one o'clock for a 7 p.m. first pitch. And then if that game goes into extras, you're going to be there a while. So um, that's what I've done the last two years. But yeah, just looking at baseball jobs right now for the summer. Um, ultimate goal, I'd love to be in basketball. I've always been a basketball guy first. That's why I love this time of year. Um, but that's kind of what's on the docket right now. Um, kind of weighing my options and, and see what's see what's the best thing. Well, you're in Nebraska. Aren't there rickets from out there? Yes. Um, one of them is... TD Ameritrade? Oh one of them is the governor. Yeah, Nebraska. one's the governor. And then, yeah. obviously, one of them owns the Cubs. But well, um, well, this is they, all own, they all own the Cubs, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just yeah, saying, Connor, I'm, I'm trying to throw you a bone here, you know, because, of course, they're not watching or listening to this podcast, but if any of the Ricketts family is just happening to trip over this podcast and say, hey, we got to get somebody. Where's their triple A in Iowa? You have no problems going to Iowa, do you, Connor? I know you're in, you're in Nebraska, but. I hate driving through it. I'll tell you that much. It takes a while. <laughs> oh, that just killed any career you have with the Iowa Hawkeye. Uh, <laughs> I think the big red N on my (laughs) diploma did that. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Connor, people want to check you out. Where do we send them to? You're you're pretty hot on Twitter. Yeah, I use Twitter a lot. Um, I do a lot of, you know, just kind of post what I'm doing on there and and, and whatnot. It's C underscore Clark underscore 27 is that handle. Um, I do a, a lot of professional stuff on there and, Actually, just posted the fact that we're we're doing the game in, in Evanston tonight on there as well. Connor, I got a I got a question for you here. Since you're Nebraska is in the Big Ten, and since we're gonna our next guest is gonna be talking about advertising and marketing names, at what point does the Big Ten have to like say, you know, we got 18 teams now, or God knows how many they're gonna wind up with when all this conference really? When do they say, you know, maybe we shouldn't call ourselves the Big Ten anymore? <laughs> just, um. I, I don't know if that's ever going to happen because it's just such a big, iconic yeah. conference name. I know sure. that, like, well, it hasn't been the Big Ten for a while now. There's been 14 in there for nearly Well, Penn State I, I think joined them in the 90s. Days. So, yeah, Penn State, I mean, that's been 30 years almost that like Penn State yeah. joined them. So it was a lot. And then you so. get 
Then you get Nebraska in 2011. You get Maryland and Rutgers in 2014. And obviously you're going to get the schools out West next season. It's weird. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of it at first, but now the more I think about it, it's really intriguing because, I mean, going to school in Nebraska and watching the Big Ten for the majority of my life, and now all of a sudden you're going to see Oregon on your conference schedule. You're going to see Washington on your conference schedule. That opens a whole other door, not only athletically, but just, you know, kind of almost collaboratively because – you never see Nebraska's N and Washington's W next to each other, right? And now people are going to start seeing that on a regular basis, which I think is is pretty fascinating. But as far as the Big Ten changing their name, I don't think that'll ever Probably happen. Probably not. If it, was a, if it was a newer conference, then maybe I, I would give it to them. But, uh, yeah, that brand is just well, too iconic. It seems like we're getting to the point where there's going to be two conferences, Big Ten and SEC. But well, if it's, you guys it's certainly trending that way. If you guys are going to get in the weeds of things, uh, name it, image and likeness, the transfer por- portal. I mean, you have somebody, you know, rent a player. God bless for the college kids. They're finally making some dough. What's the impact you see on that, Connor? I personally think it's getting a little bit out of control, um, especially the transfer portal. And now I get like the COVID years and those are still cycling out. Um, I believe my class is the last like athlete class to have a COVID year. So that's kind of screwed things up. I mean, you see guys playing seven, eight years of college sports. Like one of our old quarterbacks, Casey Thompson, he just transferred to Oklahoma. He's played at Texas, Nebraska, Florida Atlantic, and now he will play his seventh season at Oklahoma next year. So that's kind of what I'm talking about. Like, it's getting a little out of control. And the money thing is, I mean, Matt Rule, our our head football coach, he, you know, kind of went viral for a a press conference clip after after the season was over. He said, hey, a a good player costs you a, a million, five, two million now. And, I mean, you think about some of these guys are better off staying in college for another year because they'll make more money than going to the pros. I mean, an example of this, and I feel like this has been a big topic of discussion in the women's game, has been Caitlin Clark because she's generational. She's going to break the all-time scoring record in women's basketball. She's unbelievable to watch. But will she make more money leaving Iowa to go to the WNBA? Probably not. So she'll probably – she has another year of eligibility too, which is really interesting – and so you think about guys, especially in football, who may only get picked in the sixth or seventh round or may get signed to a practice squad or guys who play basketball go into the G League. I mean, just to think of an Iowa example, because the first one that comes to my head is like, if Luca Garza had an opportunity in NIL in Iowa, he would probably make more money. Granted, I don't know what his contract looks like right now, but... He would make a good sum of money at Iowa, I would imagine, if if he st- if he was able to play in the NIL era. So it's really crazy and interesting to see how that works. In my opinion, again, a little bit too out of control because it's becoming about the money and not where you are at this point, yeah. which I personally am not a huge fan of. But it's it's kind of crazy how fast all of this has snowballed in about a year and a half. And it's not really the universities that are paying them. It's these associations or whatever you call them that form these NIL things. And I, I heard somewhere that the NCAA is actually considering a, a rule change that it would just go to let's t- stop the charade of the NIL and these 
third party groups and just let's just make them employees of the university. Yeah, I don't know if the universities necessarily like that idea because that takes more out of their fund for other things. Like, obviously, Nebraska makes a ton of money off of athletics. They make, on average, $35 million a football season. And that's like six or seven games because they don't make money, obviously, or as much. At least they make TV mm -hmm. money on the away games. But home games, they make about $40 million a season. And then you have volleyball, which is enormous at Nebraska. I'm sure you guys saw the match that took place in the football stadium that made a ton of money. Um, basketball makes a pretty decent sum of money, but they can't fit 90,000 people in their arena. So obviously it shrinks a little bit. So I don't know if the universities would be a huge fan of that because they like to use that money either to put it back into athletics, which Nebraska football is doing with their new facility, or they could put it into different educational apartment or departments, um, which they did with our engineering school. They actually just built a brand new one that got finished a couple weeks ago. So, the fact that you're able to have these organizations that get money together and get boosters together is a huge advantage for universities because then it's not coming out of their pocket, like from point A to point B. You got to go meet with these people. They're going to get you straight. We have something called the 1890 Initiative, which is affiliated with Nebraska, but it's not coming out of the university's fund. It's raising money to get these athletes these this money. Like I can only imagine what, the Dylan Riola deal is with Nebraska. He's the number one or was the number one recruit in the class of 2024, originally committed to Georgia, flipped his commitment over to Nebraska literally three days before signing day. There's family ties there, but obviously there's money. So what does that look like too? That's also really interesting. I haven't seen a number on that, but I, I don't think the universities would be super thrilled about making them employees that's that's just what i think nebraska alum jeff you got a question for connor before we uh let him go and get get to you today's national signing day number two right are we actually going to sign anybody at nebraska did i miss anything today well national signing day number two is actually well it was originally number one and now it's just kind of like an afterthought because everybody signs early in december uh which is a good thing for teams because then you can get guys in earlier. Um, they're, I'm forgetting his name, but my mind has been so wrapped around basketball here these last like three months. But uh, there's a kid from Palatine that may sign with Nebraska. Um, I know he had offers from, I believe, Oklahoma State and Michigan. Um, he's a defensive lineman. Seems like he's a pretty promising product. The class isn't going to be huge because Rule has kind of gotten the majority of his guys in already. Um, again, which is a good thing because you have to start earlier, you have to build that chemistry earlier. They're currently in winter workouts. You get those new guys in better shape earlier. So that's all good. Um, I can't imagine the signing class this time around is going to be larger than like four guys. Like that's how small the once original signing day has become because of that early signing period, which kind of gives everybody a, a quicker head start. And it doesn't matter because of the transfer portal, right? I mean, to a certain extent, yeah, because, I mean, you can have somebody for nine months in one year and then they're gone. So yeah. it's I, – I've really applauded the fact, though, Matt Rule has done a really, really good job of retaining his talent. And the only guys he's really losing is to the NFL or to graduation or retiring for a medical reason. Like, he's returning – a lot of freshmen, especially on offense. Now, obviously, signing the number one recruit 
quarterback wise helps you, but for an offense that was really abysmal at times last year, the fact that you're able to keep a guy like Jalen Lloyd, who was a really good freshman receiver, Malachi Coleman, who was a really good freshman receiver, they're all coming back. And now you have a freshman quarterback. That's a five-star to get them the football. Um, that's a big deal in, in getting your guys back. So I really respected that. He brought back a ton of the defense as well, um, which was lights out last year. It was easily the best defensive unit I've seen since I've been at school there. So I, I think this team has a lot of things going for it. And the fact that Rule has been able to, you know, retain a lot of his talent goes a really long way um, in the transfer portal. Because as you said, I mean, at some point, it, it really doesn't matter because they can just leave whenever. God bless America. Connor, what's your Twitter handle again? It's C underscore Clark underscore 27. Got it. We'll put it right here. Now, Connor, we got Nebraska alum Jeff Hubler here. You're welcome to stay or go. I know you got to prepare for the game tonight, so feel free to uh, cut out. So if, if your screen goes blank, don't worry. It's just like guy, you know, it's like an Irish goodbye at the bar. Right. <laughs> well, I appreciate you guys having me on. I do got to run, but All right. uh, today is a busy day leading up to the game. No. I really appreciate you guys, and uh, thanks for having me. What? What do you thanks, go? Connor. What go Huskers, Jeff? What do you say? Like to you know, go Big Red, GBR, GBR, go Big Red. I'm supposed to be impartial on the radio tonight, but I'm not there yet. So I'll, you're I'll not. A, you're not a Homer. Time. You're not a Homer announcer. I'm not. I'm not allowed to be. I'm not allowed to be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can't be inside, but my voice can't. My voice can't display it. Hey, Connor, you better make your bed. <laughs> your mom's gonna get pissed. I know. <laughs> I got to make sure the house is all ready to go because I'm gonna leave before she gets back from work. So, <laughs> all right, Connor, take care. Hey, good for you, man. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, thanks, Connor. Lake Forest, Lake Bluff Zone. Connor Clark over at Nebraska, cranking it out. All right, now we get Jeff Hubler. Nebraska alum, but more importantly, owner of the Ravinia Brewery in Chicago, who's running into some issues, which we may or may not be able to talk about. We'll leave that up to you, Jeff. What's your story, sir? Well, there obviously we're in a bit of a court battle. Um, so there are a lot of things I cannot talk about, but I can definitely talk about Ravinia Brewing Company. And if we want to go back to Nebraska athletics, I can do that as well. <laughs> Very well versed. Ironically, I've, sure. I've heard Connor on the radio a few times. I occasionally will catch uh, like a, a, a show, uh, listen on YouTube or a podcast that they put out. You know, that it's typically like a radio station and they'll have a somebody who's very who, who's very knowledgeable beyond there and uh, this Connor guy and I heard he was from Lake Bluff and I very, very coincidental that we happen to be on the same podcast here. Isn't it funny how that works out? Yep. <laughs> so, so Jeff, you're in, uh, where, where are you from originally? Nebraska. How'd you get to Illinois? And then how'd you get a bar going in uh, Logan square? My life is full of twists and turns. All right. Let's so, go. It all started in Norfolk, Nebraska, which is in the northeast part of the state. So it's a town about uh, 25,000 people and um, wanted to be a mechanical engineer. So went that direction and, and went to the University of Nebraska in the 90s, 94 through 99. 
I like to say I helped with the uh, three national championships by going to each th- national championship game. I don't think I really helped that much, but hey, it was a fun ride. Um, then wanted to move somewhere to a larger location, move to a, a bigger city type area. So I moved to the Chicago area and got a job at an aerospace company, then got a kind of got into real estate in Chicago. And that sort of changed my direction a little bit. Um, started getting apartment buildings, rehabbing buildings, became a real estate broker, did all that. And then I moved out to a suburb called Highland Park, which I had never really heard of before. My wife grew up in Northfield. So when we had our third child on the way, she was like, we got to get out to the burbs. <laughs> so I'm like, wherever you want to go. I'm from Nebraska. I, I, whatever. I don't know. I don't know what schools are good. I don't know the areas that well. But I'm very glad we made the choice to move to Highland Park. You're a smart a guy. Really... Wait, hold on. You're a smart guy, mechanical engineer. You've done all yep. these things. Why the hell would you want to open up a brewery? So when I moved out to Highland Park, I um, met up with some guys who wanted to start a brewery. So one thing led to another. And they weren't doing a great job finding locations. Their first place that they chose was like literally the worst spot you could probably probably put a restaurant brewery and but it was available in the spot where they wanted and so that didn't work out for obvious reasons like you need like three elevators in this building just to have a restaurant um moved to a a place across the street and then there were some legal issues with a certain similarly named festival (laughs) and that deal then became expensive and not knowing how that would all end up they decided to stop with that one and so I kind of got involved from the fact that I liked beer. Um, yeah. That was an obvious reason, but also just mecha- being a mechanical engineer and being in real estate and having done design work on different buildings and things like that. I, I had some expertise that that brewers don't necessarily have. And so they were looking for some help and we got involved and found a, a really nice spot in the same area that used to be a tea house called Madame Zuzu's. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's uh, Billy Corrigan's original spot. Yeah. So he had an existing bar there. It was a really simple transformation, very cost effective. And I basically helped them build that out real quick over a summer and opened up. And that's really how I got involved was just really trying to help the guys who were doing it um, get off the ground because I wanted the neighborhood bar and brewery in my area. So, yeah, that's that's how it all started. (laughs) Joe, question? I was just going to say, the, the drive to Highwood was too long for that, because it seems like Highwood's the place with all the uh, all the stuff. Exactly. Now, but... Why do I want to drive to Highwood or Uber to Highwood when I can walk down the strip? I don't know if too many people are familiar with it, but there's an area called the Ravinia Business District. It actually sure. used to be an old town. In the 1800s, there was a village of Ravinia or whatever. It wasn't really a city, but it was annexed into Highland Park right around 1900. But it still had, you know, a post office. It had a gas station. It had like it was a it was a little town and the strip has transformed. Um, There's still some vacancies there that we'd love to get filled. But it's got four really good restaurants, a couple coffee shops, and it's all walkable. I mean, it's one of the really hidden gems if you're moving from the city and you're looking for a place where you can kind of have that suburban life. You can have the the school nearby that you can walk to, but you also still have some of that Chicago feel where it's like, Hey, I'm just going to go walk down to the brewery. I'm going to go walk over and eat at Abigail's or, 
I'm going to go to the Italian restaurant Viaggio's or I'm going to order a pizza from Piero's and it's all right there. You can just go walk and get it. And so it's a really cool area. There's a metro stop. So people can come up and be like, I, I'm leaving Chicago, but I still have that kind of walkability, that neighborhood feel that you get in a lot of the Chicago neighborhoods. So what is, I'll edit this out, Jeff, but what can we, <laughs> if you, if you're in Logan square and the name Ravinia, you have your name trademarked as a brewery. What is their beef? Because you're both. But he's got two spots. He's got Ravinia and Logan square. Is that correct, Jeff? You have that two, is correct. You have two locations. Okay, so you've got two. Okay. Yeah. Obviously they're beef. Yeah, I mean, both. Is the issue because you provide live music? We would actually, I think the bottom line is we would love to really sit down and have conversations and, and work out some of our differences with Ravinia Festival. Um, we originally in 2018, actually bef before I was heavily involved up here, there was, you know, we were looking at building at a spot, which was called uh, the original spot closed at the end of 2015 was called Ravinia Barbecue and Grill. And that's when that was the second building we looked at over here. And at the time, Ravinia Festival and Ravinia Brewing were kind of in conversations like, hey, we're going to be starting up, you know, we're going to be making beer. Would you like us to make beer for you? We have, you know, didn't think right, anything right. of the name because everybody up here, <laughs> frankly, is called Ravinia. Yeah. I mean, it, it very, people are very proud of the old neighborhood that, that we're in. So there's Ravinia Elementary School. There used to be a restaurant called Ravinia Bistro. There used to be a restaurant called Ravinia Barbecue and Grill, Ravinia Coffee Shop. So when we chose the name Ravinia Brewing, it seemed like just a nice fit. And in fact, Ravinia Festival is named after the town Ravinia, even though the festival is actually in the Brayside neighborhood, which is kind of ironic about another ironic thing about all this. So anyway, in 2018, they wanted us to make some changes to avoid brand confusion. And for us, that yeah, sure. I mean, we don't need brand confusion either. We don't want people thinking yeah. that they can go to Ravinia Festival and that's us and, you know, all that. So yeah. we, we sat down. I, I thought all the things were hashed out. You know, they wanted a change to our logo. We graciously applied, uh, agreed to change our logo. And it seemed like everything was good. And we had a, a I almost call it a gentleman's agreement. There was an actual written agreement which basically said like, hey, if you have any issues, give us a call. We'll work it out as neighbors. And that was really, there's like five things of the thing. And it basically said something to the fact at the end of like, we'll just have negotiations and figure this out as neighbors if there is anything that arises to the level of confusion. Unfortunately, um, things have progressed to where they have progressed. Okay. I think from our standpoint, the bottom line is, you know, we incorporated this business 10 years ago and, the liquor business is a very heavily regulated industry. You know, we have to have a federal license. It has to be under a certain name. It is under that name. We have a state license. We have city licenses. There's a three-tier distribution system. We have agreements with all those things. We have products in store shelves throughout all of Illinois. And unfortunately, changing a name like that just is not something that you can do. In 2014, it would have been something we could have done. Um, but right now, it's just something that isn't financially viable. If you spend 10 years building a brand, you can't just, I mean, unless you want to give away the next 10 years of your life, you can't just change that. We would literally, you know, everybody's familiar with, you know, even Sunset Foods, Benny's, all the places 
that that you may go to buy our product, we would have to resell that product. We would have to get a new UPC code for that product. We would have to sell our our stuff back to the distributor. Uh, every storefront we're in, every restaurant we're in, we they can't buy our product anymore. And then somebody then you you go and you change it. Maybe you come up with a name that's similar. Oh, spell your name backwards. Do something. You know, you, there's a lot of people have great ideas. It's so simple. Ravine now it's in, Brewing Company. Yeah, Ravine <laughs> Brewing Company. Exactly. But then, of course, they could say you're trading off their name still because you didn't really change it. And so you need to have an agreement. You can't just change your name. You still need an agreement unless you're going to change it to a completely different name. I always think it's funny when people tell us to change it to Highland Park Brewing Company. It's like, yeah, except the Highland Park Brewing in Highland Park, California would not like that. So there's that, that's the other angle you got to think about with a lot of these things is what are even some names available. But the cost associated with just changing your name and distribution is astronomical. The salespeople you would have to hire, you know, and and then obviously just the, the normal brand stuff you have to worry about, like people recognizing the brand, people going into Binnie's and being like, oh, I can no longer buy the steep ravine IPA or the food truck bills from Ravinia Brewing Company because it's not here. I wonder what kind of Pilsner I'm going to try this time. You know, so it is a very, it, it's, it's just one of those things like 10 years of brand work. And that's why there are trademarks in place because you don't want somebody to take your trade name um, and you don't want to be in that situation where you have to change your name. So they moved the goalposts, it sounds like. It's, it sounds like you, you guys had a deal years ago, and now suddenly they've moved the goalposts and said, ah, oh, never mind. And, and, and they haven't given you a real – have they given any reason? I mean, I read something about the, the size of the word brewing on the label or something. Or Yeah, I mean, there is – so this gets into really some legal matters. They have an opinion that we have done some things um, that were against the agreement. They think that we are trying to trade off of Ravinia Festival's name. And that's their argument. And we would uh, we obviously have a different belief. We think we are trying to run our business and we are not doing that. And unfortunately, rather than just talking things through, um, we are in court right now. And we still think that there is we still think rational people can prevail and sit down and have conversations and figure out a way for us as neighbors to coexist. And I can't, like I said, get into the details yeah, of yeah. why. But what well, I can tell you is they literally approved our design of our label. It used to be and I could probably I, I kind of keep some of the old cans here in my office, but it, it used to be spelled out brewing company. And because of that, to kind of make a block type design or a circular type design, brewing company was fairly small. So we agree, agreed to increase that as part of the first agreement. And it basically hasn't changed. You know, we've done modifications to our cans, changing from 12 to 16 ounce cans, stretching the can, other things. But in, in the general scheme of things, it hasn't changed. It's the same logo. And it's actually... Our cans we are making today have a slightly even bigger version of the word brewing co than they did before. Um, it's something we, you know, when we first heard about one of their concerns, we actually just proactively made the change. Um, switching to 16 ounce cans obviously gives you more room on the can to do some stuff as well. So, you know, we're willing to make changes um, and, and really just make this where both parties can live in Highland Park together and the Highland Park community can support both venues as everybody wants to do. 
you have a trademark. You've had it for a while, right? Under yes. un, under under brewing, right? Yes, we incorporated in 2014 and filed for a trademark in 2015. And you re- you received it. It's you can look it up. It's there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, there's all kinds of rules about contestability and how long before you know. Yeah. All yeah, kinds of legal matters associated, but we followed what we thought was the correct procedure in doing all these things. Yeah. So sounds to me, now this is just me saying it, Jeff, you have nothing to do with this because I'm an opinion, opinionated guy. It sounds like <laughs> these guys that have a bigger budget than you are trying to bleed you dry to, to put you out, to put you out. Do they want to get in the brewing business? That's a hard business to do, especially when you're in the wine and cheese stuck up crowd over at Ravinia. It doesn't make that's me saying it. It just not you, Jeff. Okay. So if they're going to try to bleed you dry, you're going to need a couple hundred grand to to prevail on this. Am I read is my opinion sort of right? Maybe the only thing that's right is you're going to need a budget. Yeah, I mean, I the one the one thing I can tell you is you're probably under budget. Uh, everything we've been told is it could be a half million to a million dollars to go all the way to the end of one of these deals. Um, in terms of motivation, um, I, I have no way of knowing what their yeah, exact right. motivation is. The one thing I do know is this is just a board and a new CEO, and they are not the same people we were dealing with in 2018. And I truly believe there is some education of history that is not there. Um, but again, it's just, I, I don't really understand their logic. I can tell you there are things that they have said, which clearly they don't have the history of. In fact, you know, so when we first started our business plan, it was always a two or three pronged approach because you do need a certain amount of volume to be in this business. and you know, legally, we couldn't even have a large production brewery in the downtown Ravinia area, the Ravinia Business District. So there was always going to be a Chicago location. In fact, we opened our Chicago location and started brewing beer there first in 2017. We also, one of our cool projects that we're still working on, we were, we won a proposal to build a production facility at the University of Southern Illinois in Carbondale. So we are in process of yeah, my my other university now. Um, I actually <laughs> that's have Pete, that's more Pete's beer. university. <laughs> I have no made more beer for the Salukis than I have for the Huskers, but we'll get to that in a minute. So we're building a <laughs> we're building a production facility there. We have all of our brew house there, our fermenters. Um, okay. The university's been great. They actually, at the time of the proposal, there was only four universities in the United States that had a fermentation science degree. So their goal is to actually have three levels of production brewing there. (laughs) They have a little pilot system. They have a four barrel system, which we have brought there, which will do stuff. You know, you can make four barrels of beer, which, you know, for the people who are somewhat educated in, in what a keg looks like, um, you're basically looking at eight half barrel kegs. So relatively small batches. And then we have a 30 barrel production system, which is where you're going to have a big canning line and you're going to be making large volumes of beer for distribution. So in 2017, we had a full plan of what our business plan was. You know, this wasn't just like, hey, let's go try to make some beers. It was it was an actual business plan. 
We'll have a place in Chicago. Uh, we'll have a place in our home turf of Virginia, and we'll have a, a big production facility in Southern Illinois. So the people at Ravinia Festival were given a presentation about all this, knew about all this. So history, I hope um, they would have done a little more research yeah. before they claimed that we somehow opened a place in Chicago to circumvent the agreement, which is what is listed in the lawsuit. So what I don't get in this is, you know, Ravinia is not a company. It's not like you are are taking a name from, you know, a, a Fortune 500 company. Um, Ravinia is a quote unquote nonprofit organization, though in, in reading a lot of the media coverage about what's going on with you guys, I learned that the head, the CEO of this nonprofit makes $400,000 a year. Like that, he's, that's, that, that to me is for profit, but hey. Um, you know, I don't get, um, and I wish, you know, if, if somebody from Ravinia Festival wants to come on the podcast, I'm sure Pete, you would welcome them on, but, um, I don't get the whole thing. I mean, it, it has Ravinia's attendance gone down because of your, of, of it, or are they just trying to get a cut of what you're making? I, I don't, I don't see what the, uh, what the motivation is. And that gets back to, I really just don't understand uh, the motivation of it. Um, you know, they're obviously a non-for-profit. Um, they have made some claims that they think somehow we're trading off their their brand. That was in the lawsuit. I think they're, they've made some, I don't, I don't want to get into what exactly they're thinking. Cause I just don't know. I think the bottom line is it's not financial. There's no way it could be financial. I mean, their tax returns are all public record. They've got over $200 million in assets. Their CEO makes a bun bunch of money. Every year when you combine what they call their operating budget along or operating bucket along with their donation bucket, you know, they, they make a lot of money. And that's all public record. Um, you know, over the last 10 years of if you look at their tax returns, they're basically up about $100 million. And that includes the COVID year. And so financially, I, I it, Nobody in their right mind would think that trying to uh, take over a brewery would be anything that financially would move the needle for them. So clearly there's something else, I think, associated with it. But we just don't know what that yeah, is. But it's, especially since they the, the real rub here is, we talked about a minute ago, is that they, they originally did give permission. It'd be, if, if you had gone to them when you first started this whole thing and they said, no, you can't use our name. You, I'm assuming you just would have said, okay, we'll think of a different name and go that route. But now that you've done all this and the die is cast and all this stuff that you talked about, now they're, like I said earlier, changing, moving the goalposts. No, really the key, the key word is them. It's a different them. It's a bad handoff. So, so, a, so there's been a change in. in the board? Regime change over at Ravinia? Is so that I think happened? they're going to yeah, make, I mean, make a killing off of Jeff. Try to whittle them down. Maybe they do want to get in the brewing business, whittle them down to nothing and buy it on the cheap. That's what these big companies do that have $200 million. That's just Pete Jansen's opinion. But why else would they want to do it? It's all money motivated. That's just me, though. That's just me, though. What's Jeff? What's I mean, I, I think the bottom line is we really just want to coexist. We want to be neighbors. We want to talk to them, figure out which things really bother them. Why do they bother them? And how can we resolve that issue? I mean, we I think there is room enough in Highland Park in Chicago for both of us. And I don't think we are going to hurt each other. 
um, by existing together. Everything's negotiable, Jeff, right, Jeff? <laughs> Jeff, yeah. <laughs> Jeff, you're on the city council in Highland Park, right? Um, yes, uh, it's one of my many um, career changes. <laughs> That's a smart guy. He's got a brewery. So, on the right, city so, sorry, are you? Uh, do we do we call you alderman then, or is that how they're called? Um, council Park? member. Council, council member, member okay. is the proper definition, but yeah, I, I don't even know all those okay. formalities. <laughs> all right. Well, Alderman, um, how is the city? I mean, and I know, again, I understand that, you know, you, you wear two separate hats and you don't want to get a conflict of interest here. But I mean, how is the city and, and everybody feeling about about this? Uh, you know, Nancy Rotering is sure a, a pretty prominent person. uh the last couple of years in the news and she's the mayor of Highland Park. I mean, how are they trying to, is there anything from the city on this? Um, I have for the first two months of this, I was trying really hard to not actually bring out, bring out anything associated with this in, in relationship to me because of my second hat of being on the city council. Um, my goal was just to resolve this before anything anything happened. There was no need to bring in the city. And frankly, I'm still trying to separate the city from this, but I, I am going out in public as Jeff Hubler, a council member who is um, trying to let people know what's going on and, um, and trying to make sure that people know that this is a, this isn't just some little tiff that is going to work itself out. We need, it needs to work itself out or Ravinia Brewing won't be here. And I think the community needs to know that um, in terms of the city council, they um, and, and the mayor and the staff, they've been great. But, you know, they're staying out of it. And, and I can understand that. You know, I mean, they don't want this to happen. They don't. I'm sure they don't like the negative press that is coming towards the festival or towards us in some cases or towards just the conflict and division within the city. But it is too. Um, I won't say businesses, it's a not-for-profit and a business who need to work out their things um, independently. I would I would think if anybody approached the city, any of the city council members or mayor, they would say that the two parties need to sit down and work this out. And I would be fine if they called the Ravinia Festival and said, you need to sit down and work this out. But um, that's, that's all they can really do. I, I know what it's like uh, sitting on that side of the table and they really need to stay neutral to an extent and they really just want the parties to work it out ravinia is in highland park yes it's it's the southern part but not exactly it's not even on the yeah. southern border exactly huh huh interesting pete's, pete's never uh have you ever been to ravinia pete yeah one time i wasn't welcome there <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll give a good plug for the ravinia business district so you okay. really need to check it out we have a lot of great restaurants here obviously we have the brewery yeah. but we also have in the summer we have a festival called food truck uh festival and it's great we basically there's a bunch of food trucks that come in ravinia brewing brings the beer abigail's another local restaurant brings the wine and mixed drinks and there'll be bands that are, that be are put on uh yeah, there's a band there. We can recommend a band for you here. Pete can recommend a band for you. Hey, Noah Plotkin <laughs> is the guy who is in charge of the bands, and he does an awesome job. And it's it's just a great community event. And it's become much more 
than just the local neighbors coming out for food truck festivals. It's people throughout the North Shore, down, you know, Winneka, Glencoe, Lake Forest. I imagine Lake Bluff, even some of those people are coming down. And it's just a great uh, thing to do on Thursday nights, every Thursday night in the summer. And I would definitely recommend you check it out. And if you got a band, get a hold of Noah. I can give you his contact information. Oh, and it's definitely. a great time. Oh, I'm in if Nancy let me play there. So what can we, you've got, Jeff, you've got a GoFundMe going. Um, and I let me ask you this. Has business gone up since all of this? Are people saying, hey, I want to go into Ravinia Brewing Company and support them um, in this cause and, and have a beer when I'm supporting them in this cause? So is this, I was, when I first heard this, I'm like, oh, their business is going to jump now because everyone's going to, uh, rally behind them so how's that working out i would so winter is always our slow season it's just in general people don't go out as much but we are seeing i would think a, an, a, an uptick in comparison to last year a little one not anything dramatic but i would say a decent uptick um our to-go beers especially our new beer community community matters um which is a beautiful vienna lager with a kind of cool name um is selling really well so we're happy with that um and yeah it was it's it's been the response from the community has been outstanding every nobody wants this to happen everybody's supportive people are supporting by going out to the restaurant people are supporting by donating money to our legal fund and it, it's been it's been really good and we just want to keep that positive momentum going and we we hope people will come out and continue to support us and we hope that Settlement talks are around the corner. We're waiting for the phone call and rational people sitting down and this just being over with and we can all just go have a beer and celebrate. Yeah, Jeff. I mean, this could happen to any this could happen to any small business. I mean, we're we're the Lake Forest podcast. So people are people at home are like, well, this is Highland Park. What's this got to do with Lake Forest? But this could be like, you know, we've got a, a place here called Chiefs, uh, a bar called Chiefs. What if the Kansas City Chiefs suddenly said, you know what? You can't use our name. Cease what are you talking the about? The woke people are going to get after them. You can't use <laughs> I mean, it. <laughs> we'll edit that it out. Is one of, there, ain't, there ain't nothing about the ownership of the Chiefs that's woke. You may they may <laughs> Taylor Swift and, and her boyfriend may be woke, but um uh, the owners of the, the Hunt family that owns the Chiefs, they they ain't woke. They're they're laughing all the way to the bank, but um, I mean, it would be like them just set, suddenly telling chiefs here in Lake Forest, stop using our name. I mean, it, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, one of the interesting things I've learned uh, along the way about trademark law is it, it, it really is something that the people with the most money are going to win. Um, and it's 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 a sad thing. Our, our legal system has a, has a lot of things which I probably disagree with. And, you know, sometimes it goes the other direction where the little person can, you know, get a lawyer and basically do anything they want because we're protecting them. Well, in this particular case, it's it's almost the opposite, where the little guy doesn't get support uh, from the legal system. They have to defend themselves. And it's a very costly thing. And even if you win, there's no legal fees coming back. So what do you really win? You win the right to hopefully you have enough money left to continue your business. Yeah. Um, obviously, anything with lawsuits, there's there's, you know, somebody's going to win. And, and just because you're small doesn't mean you're on the right side of it. But it really is difficult for those small businesses 
that are competing against a large business with deep pockets if they are in the right. They basically, they may lose just even though they're on the right side of things because they don't have the deep pockets. So people who want to support you, they can go into your place in Highland Park. They can go into your place in Logan Square. I think there's, is it GoFundMe or one of those other uh, websites yeah. you got to Twitter help raise money? And then you're, you yep. said your beer is in uh, certain stores. Uh, what's, what stores yeah. is, your, is your beer in? In the north, uh, along the North Shore, you can pretty much find us anywhere. Um, okay, so know, like all, all Sunset the grocery foods? stores, Sunset Foods, Mario. We don't even Lewis, have to. We don't even have to Jewel. leave Lake Forest. Okay, Jewel. Yeah, yeah you don't even Jewel. have to leave Lake Forest. <laughs> I will say, everybody in distribution, and this gets into the whole thing of having to sell your beer. They don't sell all of our beer. They will sell what they choose to sell, whether it's our IPA, our Pilsner. Uh, Walgreens sells a lot of our Pilsner, by the way. So a lot of the Walgreens, but again, not every store will carry the particular yeah. beer. So the obviously the best uh, distribution channel is to come right into the tap room mm -hmm. and you can have probably 12 to 14 different beers that you can choose from and find something that you like. And, and all in one setting, if you take Metro there and back. Right? That's right. <laughs> you can even stop and have a few if you're going to take the Metro. That's right. Metro is literally a block and a half away from our tap room. So it works out perfectly. And Jeff, that 10 years, we're talking about shelf space. It took you a long time to get that space. And it's going to, if you have to change it, it's going to take that much. People don't get that. You had to earn that's, that. They, they had to see product exactly right. moved to get at the right eye level or whatever to move up so you can move product. It, it's a constant challenge. Um, and you have salespeople, a sales team to do that. They go out. I mean, first you have to get them to purchase your beer. Then you have to make sure your beer is selling. Then maybe you want to get a floor stack. Maybe you want to be more eye level instead of down at the bottom all the way at the end. So you're having conversations with the beer buyers. You're doing all these things. And all of that is brand building. It is, it is not, I mean, I don't want to diminish a restaurant because I also understand what it's like to be a restaurant. But if I wanted to change the name of the restaurant and I, I would have to pay for a new sign, I'd have to pay for some menus, you know, there might be some rebranding associated with that and some advertising, but I don't have to hire somebody to go all over Chicago and all over Southern Illinois to resell the beer uh, mm -hmm. and, and then to make sure it's in a, in a good spot. And that's a continual effort. And starting over on that was, is it's unimaginable what, what kind of money and resources that would take. Especially, especially when they initially said, yes, that's the part that really gets to me is you went to them, you did the right thing, you went to them and they said yes. And now they're pulling the rug from under you. It's just, just not right. It'll, it'll come out in the end. It's just going to cost dollars to get that point. That's, that's what they're trying to do is to exhaust his funds. It's David versus Goliath. And I think what we're going to do with this show, we're going to help promote the GoFundMe and let people know, hey, look, people from Lake Forest, last I checked, a lot of the people I don't hang out with do go down to Ravidian, eat cheese and sit on the rug and drink, you know, Chardonnay and all that stuff. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but there's something wrong with it in my book. So this may affect some of the audience that goes down there. And, and Ravinia Festival, I know we're not friends. Nancy Rotering, I'm sure we're not friends. But hey, something's got to work out here. And hopefully this can be a spark for people to see the light because they came on the Lake Forest podcast. Jeff, what's your URL? How can we send people your way? 
Uh, RavinaBrewing.com. Right. And then we're on you know, Instagram. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or X, or whatever you call it, Facebook, all those sites. You can find <laughs> out about all the specials we're having. Um, right now, we have a week of Mardi Gras. Um, we have our new Community Matters beer out. Um, next Super week, Bowl, we'll have, Super Bowl. Yeah, we have the Super Bowl. The big game. You can't, call, you, you can't oh, call it yeah. Super Bowl. It's the big game. The big game. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so lots of stuff going on. Uh, always have different stuff throughout the week. Um, so yeah, come out and uh, support. And I would also like to say, again, I, we we love the Ravinia Festival. We we live here. We can ride our bikes, walk down there, whatever it is. They allow you to bring in beer. I'm not going to say what kind of beer you should bring ah. in. You don't have to have just wine and cheese. And people, you know, people are waving it in the air, like, "Hey, give me a Bud Light." And, and it's, if, this if, is a, a legal matter. I hope it gets resolved. And I got and, a name and, suggestion for you here. If okay, if it, uh, I hope this works out, and you can just keep doing what you're doing. And I'm sure. Look. I'm probably the hundredth person today that's given you a new name suggestion, but you just do not Ravinia Brewing Company. You just stamp a big knot on it. And that's kind of like, you know, screw we you. We may or may not have made some PN <laughs> designs with a logo that says not on one side of Ravinia Brewing and festival on the other. <laughs> may or may not have done that, but I don't think any of those have made it out yet. All right. Jeff, thank you so much for coming on the Lake Forest podcast. Thanks, Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Cheers. <laughs> exactly. Cheers. The Lake Forest Podcast is supported by viewers, listeners, and businesses just like you. Looking for the best pool supplies? Look no further than Doheny's Pool Supplies. With a history dating back to 1967, this family-owned business offers everything families need to keep their pools clean and sparkling from chemicals to equipment. Plus, customers enjoy free shipping on all orders. Visit Doheny's Pool Supplies today at doheny.com, D-O-H-E-N-Y.com to learn more. Broker Michelle Pardo has lived and worked in Lake Forest for over two decades. Michelle's lending experience when combined with her real estate expertise makes her an invaluable asset to her clients as they navigate their home buying or selling process. Call Michelle now at 847-528-8721, 847-528-8721. For the best cannabis in the world, look no further than Iliad Epic Grow. Owned by Lake Bluff's own Rich Ruzich, they are a cannabis cultivation center focused Focusing on hard-to-find small-batch products that will delight both the occasional user and Ganjier. When visiting Michigan, ask for it by name. Epic Products, exceptional process. For more information, email info at iliadgrow.com. Laracy and Company CPAs, founded in 2010 by Lake Forest's own Brian Laracy, specializes in tax preparation and bookkeeping services. Earning the People Love Us on Yelp Award, their process is straightforward. Just upload, review, and file. For a free quote, visit LaracyCPA.com now. That's L-A-R-I-S-E-Y-C-P-A.com. I'm excited to share with you something special from our Lake Forest community, the Aesthetic Lounge Med Spa, located at 775 North Bank Lane in Lake Forest near Wisconsin Avenue. This just isn't any spa. They offer an amazing blend of traditional spa services, plus the added benefit of medical procedures and treatments. In a relaxing and luxurious spa environment, you can enjoy a range of cosmetic and aesthetic treatments. These are all performed under the supervision of top medical professionals. The Aesthetic Lounge Med Spa provides skin care, facial 
rejuvenation, body contouring, laser hair removal, Botox, dermal fillers, chemical peers, and much more. What's great is that each treatment is tailored not just to enhance your appearance, but also to address specific skin concerns and to promote overall well-being. So if you're looking to pamper yourself and take your beauty routine to the next level, give the Aesthetic Lounge Med Spa a call at 224-768-8028 or visit them at their location on North Bank Lane. It's an experience your skin will thank you for. We'd also like to say we're thankful for our Patreon supporters, Otto, John C., Helen, Herrick, and J.M. 